0: Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride.
1: Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media. On the big and small screen, this is episode 115. I'm your host. Brian, Professor Pettison, with me as always, my illustrious co-host, Titanium, Tony Estrella, Titanium. How are you,
0: sir? I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, the Flash movie. Uh, looking forward to Father's Day. we got a Father's Day upcoming uh, this next weekend, so um, yeah, we got a good little show. We were today. just
1: playfully joking that um, most fathers on Father's Day... Really don't want a lot of pomp and circumstance around Father's Day, you know. You, hey, a little gift here and there, a little appreciation from your kids, whatever. We just kind of want to be left alone to do the stuff that we want to do. <laughs> hey, you'd like to play some golf, go fishing, you know, that, and then come home, and take a nap, you know, whatever, watch some television, you know, that, a have dinner. a nice dinner. That's it. Grab a steak. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. want you wanna cook something on the grill? Hey, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, you know, no right? question. Exactly. So uh, yeah, it's not rocket science,
0: people. It's you know, not and rocket I, science.
1: what I'll say is. Um, we might luck out a little bit more. You know, Mother's Day happens in the middle of May t- typically, and, and, you know, weather can be a little iffy sometimes. You'll get a little thunderstorm here and there, but Father's Day, middle of June, it's generally a pretty nice it's time. It's a pretty of nice year.
0: weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking for a nice weekend, so.
1: Good. All right, well, let's start the show. We got a lot of good things to talk about this week. I'm really excited to talk to the audience this week about uh, what I was able to do last week. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to talk to the listeners that bring the show to you. and These are our patrons. Patreon.com slash supertalk is how you become a member of the patronship. If you'd like to support the show directly, go to patreon.com slash supertalk and just help us out. Yep, uh, Give a brother a dollar. Please. That's all you need to do. And uh, Those
0: patrons out there, you know who you are. and We really appreciate everything you do for us. A lot of love sent to those patrons. We really, really appreciate it. Also, a little shout out to Greg Veyer's company, uh, Metro Sealant. Uh, construction equipment, they sell it across the country, seal it, caulk and sealant for construction, um, any of your construction needs, they deliver, uh, a little shout out because uh, my son is interning <laughs> He gave my son a job to Well,
1: if that's not a sponsorship, I don't know what is. Because if anybody employs <laughs> Michael Estrella, I mean this. that is like that is like charity on the I'm, its I'm wearing level. the
0: metro uh the metro hat right now and it's it's fucking fire. So, so thank thank you, Greg. I uh, you, appreciate Greg. your taking care of
1: my son titanium's son to work because nobody else would hire him, frankly. <laughs> he's uh he's that good of a guy. Uh Michael, I'm kidding, you know that. Uh love you, buddy. Uh, let's jump right in the news section. We got a lot yeah. to talk about. Um, so uh, this week has been really crazy. Everybody knows uh, Captain America four has been filming for some time now, uh, and and we talked about this last episode. There's been some uh, photos leaking from set. I think last episode we talked about photos of the the uh, serpent society and yeah. people in costume costumes you know, yeah. and, and and these are all fun the new captain america you costume. know unfortunately unfortunately when you're dealing with on-site filming uh every, every time they're not in a studio or inside of some kind of enclosed location they're on site somewhere we've had this with a number of uh movies that were actually filmed here in washington dc for ma- as a matter of fact with Captain America and winter soldier and and a bunch of other movies have been filmed here when they're here. It's like, you hear about it, you know about it, you see some, um, set photos. Um, and we've gotten some of those, uh, this past week, uh, first set photo that we got was one of, uh, Anthony Mackie and, and Harrison Ford sitting on a table looking at each other. Yeah. So you can see this is obviously the next version, next iteration of, uh, Thunderbolt Ross and, uh, Captain America slash, uh, you know. In my opinion, they looked like they were arguing. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was a kind of a set piece. They, they Marvel released this, so yeah. they wanted everybody to see that the two of them were yeah. filming together, which was which was really great.
0: And they also released the new name of the the movie was one, one of the directors. Yeah, there.
1: Captain America: New World Order is no longer no, politically correct. It is now Captain America: Brave New World. Yeah, Brave New World. Uh, and I, I honestly think that that's. One hundred percent just kind of like taking the temperature of society and saying, you know, new world order really doesn't play well with a lot of places and kind of. Yeah. Authoritarian. Right. It's like, you know, we're dealing with a lot of oppressive dictators and oppressive governments and oppressive societies. You know, do we need to really talk about a new world order? Let's talk about brave new world. And I I think that that's kind of what they're trying to frame it as. Uh, I think it's more of a a PC thing. I get it. Than anything. But uh, another thing that came out literally just uh, yesterday. So the guy who happens to play the stunt double for Tom Holland uh, has a social media account. uh, Happened to post a photo from the set of Captain America 4 of some things that were on set. And... This kind of raised a lot of alarm bells of like, why is this guy who we know is Tom Holland's stunt, stunt double, double yeah, posting stuff from the Captain America 4 set? Obviously, it raises a lot of rumors of, is Spider-Man or Tom Holland's Spider-Man going to be part of Captain America 4? Huge alarm bells raised there. Right. The other logical explanation could be, well, maybe he's also a stunt double for somebody else who happens to be in Captain America 4, right. who just happens to be taking another job as another character, stunt double, who knows. But it did raise a lot of alarm bells. And you know what? You and I wouldn't be surprised if Spider-Man's in Captain no. America 4. At least maybe even a cameo, yeah. similar to what he did in Civil War. Yeah. Um, would not surprise us at all. But at the same time, I, I don't want to read too much into I think we're going to
0: see a lot of little cameos in that movie. Oh yeah, um, yeah,
1: oh yeah. I think this is this is probably very akin to Captain America: Civil War in that Captain America: Four I think is kind of a, a bridge movie for Marvel in that let's bring enough a, a time and attention to characters, set, um, use this movie to set something up that's happening going forward. We know this is leading right into the Thunderbolts movie as yeah. well, which is <laughs> going to be a huge movie by itself. So. I'm looking forward to this. I mean, yeah. I'm the fact that they're filming this movie is really it gets me giddy because yeah. I, I'm just makes makes me excited to have another Avengers level movie, right? Agree. Multiple characters, yes. Right.
0: Multiple characters, Avengers level. That's a great description of what's coming. I right. think. I think you're right.
1: Right, and we've we've had those before. We, we've obviously had Avengers movies before. We had the Avengers. We had Age of Ultron. We had Infinity War and Endgame. But Captain America Civil War is an Avengers-level movie. Right. I mean, yeah. it was it was very much like kind of a, a mini Avengers movie. And it had almost all of them in it. <laughs> right. So you would think it was. But I think Captain America 4 um, is going to be a big movie for Marvel. Agree. All right, so big stuff that's coming from the set there. We'll keep an eye on that. It, it's been very fun. Uh, another kind of not-so-positive announcement uh, that's happened over the last 48 hours um, so actor Tina Huerta, who played uh, Namor in the Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie, uh, was accused of sexual assault by a former girlfriend. Um, and then subsequently today, uh, he responded, him and his legal team responded and completely refuted the accusation and said this is 100% completely being manufactured and is false. Um as you could imagine, you have to have some kind of response when you're accused of something like that. Uh you know, big big news and Yeah.
0: It's unfortunate, but um and and we weren't even gonna touch on the subject, but since he came out publicly
1: and he responded. refuted
0: and he responded and he refuted the allegations. Um so I, I think it's worth noting that there could be something there. Um uh, it's He said, she said at this moment, so this is something that we need to keep our eye on in case it does develop uh, in the future.
1: Look, we know Jonathan Majors is dealing with this ongoing saga in regards to his um, former girlfriend's accusations, and, and that's going to play out in the courts. We're going to see that publicly, and it's going to have long-standing repercussions across the MCU, I'm sure. Um, Tina Huerta and the, the Namor character, way too early to tell. I'll say a couple of things about this. Number one, um, I feel satisfied that women feel empowered to confront their oppressors if they have been victimized there. I'm certain there were decades of this type of behavior that went unchallenged and unchecked. That we never knew about, and women were way too scared to come forward, way too afraid to say anything. So the fact that we live in a society today where women feel empowered to stand up for themselves and say something when something is wrong, I feel very good about. That being said, I feel Professor in touch with his feminine side, right? Of course, you know that's that's it. me. Okay, but that being said, um, we do have to take this for what it is and wait for it to play out because. Yeah. You know, you can't take an accuser's account and call it truth the same way you can't say somebody confront says they're innocent and they're completely innocent. You have to just wait for it to play out yeah. and gather all the evidence. But, um, I, you know, look, the fact of the matter is, if you are abusing women or if you are committing sexual assault or you are not treating women the right way, you should be held accountable and you should be you know, persecuted or prosecuted at the full extent of the law. Um, That being said, you know, we have to let this play out as well. well, The legal system is there for a reason and we have to, you know, gather the evidence and let it play out. And I
0: think the other side of that coin is false accusations that could ruin someone's lives uh, that can destroy careers and change perception of people uh, people's perception of you um, should also be dealt with very sternly. One hundred percent. If if you're just to, as damaging. Absolutely. And um you know, the fa- once that's out there people's perception have already taken off. Uh, like a like a gun from a barrel, uh, like a bullet from a barrel. So you have to be very careful. But those people also should be just as accountable as uh, it, uh, as their counterpart for sure. Uh, whether if it's true, then they should be held accountable. If it's not true, then the accuser should be held accountable for for their statement. Well,
1: I, I, exactly what I said it goes both ways, right? Right. You should be able to come out and defend yourself and and accuse somebody of wrongdoing and and bad behavior at the same time if you're falsely doing that you should be held accountable
0: no question yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, because you're damaging somebody's career and livelihood so uh anyway i I, i'm just you know we'll We'll keep an eye on it yeah we'll we'll we'll, keep an eye on the situation it's It's, it's, it's an ongoing story right um another big announcement from tom holland uh he came out publicly and and stated that he's taking a break he is Taking a break from acting for a year. Um, his uh, What's the most recent project he was in? The one that's on... Cross...
0: No. I
1: can't remember. Apple TV Plus, yeah. right, with Amanda Seyfried. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very um, emotional project for him. Took a lot out of him yeah. from an acting perspective. And uh, he said, you know, uh, I just need a break. So he said, I'm taking a, a break for a year from acting. Personally, I think part of this is Spider-Man four is on the docket and he knows that's going to be a lot and he yeah. just needs a break until yeah. for him to start that
0: either to mentally prepare for that. And all of it's uh, all, all that he's also going to be cameoed in several other films. And, you know, he's going to be in Secret Wars if that's ever going to be made um, the
1: crowded room. That's the crowded called. room. OK,
0: yeah, yeah it took a
1: lot out of him, But yeah, you're right. He's. He's going to be featured in other projects. Um, we know he's going to be in Secret Wars. We know he's going to... We, we feel or we hear that he's going to be in Kang's di- dynasty. Kang dynasty. From what we were told earlier, that he was a that Spider-Man was a big, big part, part of that, that movie. A big part yeah. of the plot of that movie. We know Spider-Man 4 has been greenlit. We know it's on the docket. We know Zendaya is part of that project. I looked for the guy to take... I need 12 months to just recharge and reset my battery because I got three straight years of, and and he came out during the same announcement. He came and said, if I'm able to play Spider-Man for the rest of my life, I'm probably the luckiest man on the planet. No question. No question. That shows you how much he loves this character shows how much he loves playing this character. And for him to say that is a lot, but he also said it takes a lot to play this character physically, you know, he has to be, you know, kind of, skinny and in shape and ripped and all this other stuff but yeah. you know it, it like the demands on his time and and attention and everything else uh I you know look hey good tom, for him tom take your time take the time off you need get healthy get ready get get where you need to be to play this character because yeah. we love you playing him um interesting couple of interviews with uh chris hemsworth this week online uh <laughs> One was Hollywood Reporter, I believe, or Esquire. One of the two, I can't remember. The other one was on a podcast where he came out, and people were asking him a lot of questions about um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor: Love and Thunder, Uh specifically, but also about his future as the Thor character. And is there going to be a Thor five, or is there going to be future you
0: know projects? Are we going to see him again in any future projects? Yeah.
1: And uh, I I really love his take. He's you know, look, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. You and I are very much looking forward to the next movie coming out on Netflix. I believe next week. Extraction 2 coming out next week. Uh Or the end of this week. Is it Friday, I think, this week? Maybe? 16th? Um, Extraction 1 was filmed right before the pandemic was released, I want to say, May of 2020. So, like, right after the world shut down. It was, like, one of the first things we were able to stream online when we were shutting our houses during the pandemic. And it was spectacular. Yeah, it was really good. Fil- uh, produced and directed by the Russo brothers uh, of you know, Captain America: Civil War and Endgame, and and they Infinity know action. War.
0: They got that down pat. Yeah, it was uh, good.
1: Yeah, the the Russo brothers are the man's, the man's, the men. Um, but Chris Hemsworth came out. You know, he's uh, look, he is very brutally honest, and I, he's one of the actors I probably enjoy, the have enjoyed the most in this entire like. MCU. He's just that good. And the way he's transformed his body to play that character and everything else. And they criticize him. They're like, look, Thor, love and thunder bombed. It wasn't very good. You know, it it wasn't a good movie. And There's a lot of criticism about how you played that character in that movie. And he said, look, with Thor Ragnarok, we did, we were so uh, praised for how we did that movie and what we did in that movie. And we started love and thunder and we're like, let's just, have fun yeah. and we were filming this movie and we were just having fun. He said, maybe we are having too much fun because we weren't really focused on, he used the word silly. Yeah. We were being silly.
0: Yeah. He said it was probably a little too silly
1: and that's the way it came across. Of course. And, uh, he admitted that they were just on set having so much fun filming this movie. They lost sight of the tone and message the movie was giving. Yeah, I mean, the villain of the movie was Gore the God Butcher. Can this be a comedy? Is yeah. this something that should be a comedy? Yeah. But that's the way they filmed it. And he, he admitted to that. He said the criticism of the online community and the critics were was spot on. He yeah. admitted to it. He's yeah. like, you know, you you guys were right. We, we we botched this one. He said and he honestly said if we do another film, we have to dramatically change the tone. Yeah. Of the film for it to be successful.
0: Because now they've made Thor kind of, and it's very similar to my criticism with what they did to the Hulk. So, uh, and I've always said this, they've made Thor very kind of comic relief, silly, more like a Star-Lord character instead of Thor. Thor is great being silly in little spurts, Uh, But not constantly throughout the whole movie. Like three or four little. I could not agree with you more. And then the same. And that's my criticism of the Hulk. They made the Hulk kind of a pussy. Like the Hulk kind of, and throughout. If you look back on all these movies, when does he really kick ass and dominate like a Hulk should? He always kind of ends up in some kind of subdued fashion or something. And then he's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. The last
1: time that he dominated was the battle of new york in the avengers movie.
0: That is correct. That is the last time he and even then and maybe
1: in age of ultron at when he was fighting the robots at the end of the movie. Maybe then. Yeah but Infinity War and but Endgame? even
0: even in the even in uh, the Avengers he's up on that roof and they're all kind of attacking him and ah, they, you see the little trickle blood and I'm like ah, that I don't want to see the Hulk vulnerable like that you but know they
1: completely neutered him in Infinity War yes like Thanos can just take him down so easily like that and then he didn't show up again uh, through Endgame, did not. It was Bruce. B- it w- didn't show up again. We never saw that character again until halfway through Endgame, and he was Professor Hulk, which was somewhat neutered as well. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I mean, the Hulk is the most. I mean, and we believe that Marvel is marching towards this World War Hulk movie, but he is threat beyond threats. He is the most. He's the strongest character ever to exist in the. Marvel Comics universe, not yeah. the MCU, right? Cinematic universe. In Marvel Comics, his strength is unequaled. He is stronger than any other being ever. Now, obviously, there's like godlike beings. Thor. Like, no, 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 I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about like, celestials and and he, you know, uh, you know, exotic beings right. that that exist on another level of the the hum- humanoid type of characters. Yeah. Stronger than anybody. Right. Yeah. Basically his strength is, can't be measured because the angrier he gets, the stronger he is. Right. And his strength is only limited by his anger. And, and think about that. So I can be as strong as I want to be, as long as I'm angry every time. Wait. So as long as I continue to be angry and angrier every time, then I'll be strong. Yeah. That's, that's where his strength comes from. It, and they have neutered him in several, yeah, several projects. Even and I, though, even the She Hulk, the last time we saw him, exactly
0: neutered, exactly.
1: Professor Hulk just completely, uh, even when off. they fought,
0: was kind of like, really? I mean, it had, it's you broke, you broke a bar. That's all you did to that thing. You should be like destroying half that island, you know, as if you were in a fight with, anyway. I think they neutered, um, Thor. Thor as well. I think he, he, we looking back on Thor 1, his his dramatic scenes in there and Chris Chris Hemsworth, he's a good actor. He can be he can play a uh, a serious role and get some emotion um but you know So let me ask two, you a question.
1: 200. And th- this is going to be one that's going to be hard for you to answer. I think Taika Waititi brought a fresh new perspective to ragnarok agree one that was necessary because yes if you look at the first thor movie and even the second thor movie he was very um rigid and very um uh, shakespearean yes and very you know just european just very specifically the thor that we all knew and lo- yes. knew and loved from the comics and taika waititi brought in completely new perspective to Ragnarok. And I think it was and brilliant. I think they it was brilliant at the time. They took that and went like times four in in Love and Thunder and no. it didn't work. No. Not do you, in our do opinion. Do you no. Titanium think that the only way to fix this is to bring a new director in?
0: For th- for what? If
1: if Thor five was going to happen. Absolutely.
0: One hundred percent.
1: You have to Get rid of YTD and bring somebody else in. Absolutely, yeah. I love that. Yes, absolutely. I
0: agree too. Absolutely, because he, the director sets the tone of the actors and right. expects something. He had from the his actor. run, yes, and he was brilliant, and I love him. He did a great did job great, with what he was given, but I think it was a huge misstep in and Thor uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, I agree. huge misstep.
1: I think he was, and you hear the stories. He was, you know, was under a lot of pressure, a lot of time constraints. Obviously, COVID had a factor. There's a lot of things going on there, but. I think they took the success they had with Ragnarok and they're like, Oh, let's just double down on this. Right. And the tone of them, you're dealing with Jane Foster having cancer. Yeah. Even the hospital scene wasn't the God butcher killing gods. And he only, by the way, he killed one God in the whole entire movie. The
0: first one that he killed. No, he killed another one. Which one did he kill? The big uh, dinosaur one. Two. two. He killed one that we saw. Yes. Right
1: that we saw uh so you're dealing with two incredibly tragic and i'll say dark themes and you brought this comedic tone to the entire movie yeah it really didn't work no Mm -mm. and now love the actors love the characters um there were parts of the movie i enjoyed but Overall I think we need to bring a new perspective to that. Oh, absolutely.
0: Character. 100% I agree. I, lo- with you. I
1: love your take on that. Yeah. Now we know we're going to see Chris Hemsworth and Thor in Secret Wars. No doubt about that. Yes. We're going to see him hopefully in Kang's Dynasty. No doubt about that. Yeah. But if there is a Thor 5, we need a new perspective.
0: I agree. Okay. 100%. Love it. Um
1: All right, well let's jump into our topic of the week this week. And that's brought to us by our friends at Studio G, G Studios, Home of the Main Band, Corn on the Cob.
0: Corn on the Cob.
1: So thanks for uh, all your support, Studio G. Thank you, boy. We really appreciate all your help. Um, as everybody knows, uh, we got invited to screen the Flash movie last week uh, on Wednesday. And unfortunately, Titanium had a previous engagement. Yep. He actually had his real job get in the way of his other job, which is this, um, and wasn't able to attend. And, uh, the prof- professor had to go by himself and I was able to screen the f- flash movie on Wednesday. So what I'm going to do, we're going to do here. I'm going to give you kind of like a little bit of information about my experience in regards to the screening process, uh, you know, process. Yeah. And then what I asked Titanium to do this week is, Hey, why don't we do this as like a Q and a, why don't you come up with a bunch of questions that a fan would like to ask of somebody who's seen the movie non spoiler that wants to know enough about the movie to get them excited about it but not spoil anything not like oh well now i know what happens well right. some
0: of these questions are from me too like some of them are i'm pretty curious fucking about too so <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh uh so let me give you a little bit uh, I'll talk about the experience uh now I don't know why or how this has ever happened. Um this is the first time anybody from Super Talk Podcast has ever been invited to screen anything ahead of its normal schedule, which is just shocking. Yeah. I mean look, I, I mean of mainstream media, we might be the only ones who are not invited to these things. Yeah. N- generally.
0: Correct. Normally.
1: So that, that's a shock in itself. But Finally, we got an invitation. Um and we were obviously very new to uh, I personally was very new to the process. And funny enough, the way that they um give you these passes to the screening events. Uh so say this particular one happened at 7:30, I believe it you was. You got an email about it, right? Yeah, I, I won't talk about where it came from or how I got it or whatever. But it was going to happen at 7:15. You got a pass. It was from Warner Brothers Studios. That's who kind of sponsored this, which was, and they find, frankly they've been screening this movie to a lot of people. Yeah. So we're no exclusive audience yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I think there was a screening event tonight that you could have gone to if you wanted to,
0: but this was exclusive. So this was kind of exclusive. This, this was, was just you in the go. theater. It was just it was just yeah. the professor in the theater, right? Um, with the charcuterie board and a glass
1: of so, wine. Right. I wish. <laughs> uh, so by, going by myself was kind of interesting because. Um, so you had to be that. So the ticket itself says, "We sell more. We we provide more passes than there is capacity for the theater purposely because we want to guarantee a full house, and that makes you feel like holy crap. No shit. I might not get a
0: seat. Yeah, you got to get there early. How
1: big's the theater? Right? We don't know. Um. So we did have to get there early. Uh, I think the 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 screening was at seven thirty. I got there at six fifteen. Um, and I'd say the line was probably. And, oh, by the way, says uh, at E Street Theater in downtown Washington D.C. About a hundred seat theater, right? Small theater. Oh, really? Tiny. Um, yeah, was not big at all. I'd say probably a hundred seats is probably yeah. right. Yeah, but it it felt tiny. Yeah, uh, not like our big theaters that we have out that here we in the suburbs. See, yeah. Um, it's pretty tiny. But you know, when I got there, there was a line. And the line was, I was probably 50, 60 deep in the line. Um, and uh, I wasn't concerned. But I was like, okay, what's going to happen from here? Well, of course, I'm by myself. I can't go to the concession stand and get some a drink and some popcorn or anything. I was like, well, I got to go straight to the movie. I'm like, okay. Uh, they let us in. And it's basically first come, first serve on seats. Um, being by myself was pretty easy. I could you know, find this open single seat somewhere and it was no problem. And a couple of people I was sitting next to, uh, saved my seat. So I could, could, go to the concession stand to get a bottle of water or whatever. Um, but I'll say that all the way until the movie started, um, there were single seats open here and there. And especially way up front, as you can yeah. imagine, they were like, who's got an open seat next to him. Who's got an open seat because people did wait to the last minute to come in. Um, And there were a couple of people that were turned away because there were no more seats left. But it was only maybe a handful. So it wasn't like you wouldn't be able to see it if you wanted to. Got it. Um, But it was a tiny theater and it was packed. It was full packed. Um, So that experience was pretty cool to be in a kind of a smaller theater to see this thing. And um, Warner Brothers had an announcement up on the screen and they had been doing this for a while. As a matter of fact, That said, go ahead and post your feedback. Go ahead and tell us your what you think of the movie. Oh, you wow. You know, put it on social media. We're, we're looking for feedback. So they weren't trying to keep things secret, which is a fresh breath of air in regards to this. Because most of this that happens, it's like sign an NDA. You yeah. can't say anything. No, they were. That's they, Marvel's way. They wanted people to, to, to voice. Their, they actually gave you links to their social media. and said, hashtag us when you tell us what you thought of the movie. Okay, um, So they were very open. And Warner Brothers was very open about that. Um, but the uh, no trailers, no previews, straight in the movie. Right. That's the best because if anybody's seen a movie in a the theater in the last couple of years, when you sit down, the movie starts at seven thirty. You sit down, you're at least thirty five minutes into previews, commercials before the, too, before the movie starts. Yeah, right, yeah. commercial for the theater and all kinds of other stuff. And Maria it's Menounos this, says, as much as we all love you, you're you're on the screen way too much. Yeah, so, agree. Um. So we got a lot of that. So that but the straight in the movie, fantastic. Um and then you know you get to watch the whole thing and it was it was really I'll just again, overall impression. I mentioned this earlier. We surmised that Wait, the, before you
0: tell me your overall impression. Yeah. Who was sitting next to you? Was there a guy that was annoying the fuck out of you no. during the whole movie? No. 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 It wasn't. Nobody no. was making noises or anything? No. Okay.
1: I was shocked that two rows in front of me and a couple seats over, I was a baby. There was a baby. That's right. That's what you said. So a woman <laughs> happened to bring her, I want to say year old daughter Oof. to the movie, maybe less than a year, maybe 10 months if I had to guess to the movie. And I'm like, are you serious? A <laughs> now she had the headphones. She was completely prepared. And the, I want to thank the, the the woman, the mother, and her her child. They did not make a peep in the old time. Okay, she, totally, totally great. Um, but no person, the people sitting next to me were great. They were okay. fantastic, but nothing about that. Um, we knew that this movie was roughly based on the Flashpoint Paradox storyline from the comic books, which, and I, I'll preface everything I'm saying by. You know this. The Flash is my favorite DC Comics character. My favorite. The Professor's favorite. No question. 100% Professor's favorite DC Comics character. Um, All three editions. Jay Garrick, Barry Allen, (laughs) Wally West. Love all versions of The Flash. They're fantastic. Flash has always been my favorite. That's true. Um, Flashpoint Paradox, probably one of the best comic book storylines ever created it was fantastic well written just a great story completely reset the dc universe led right into the new 52 which is a complete reboot of dc it was wonderful it was fantastic so we knew that this movie was going to be roughly based on the flashpoint paradox storyline from the comics this movie was a very good adaptation of that storyline i'll say they drew from that storyline where they needed to. They pivoted from it where they wanted to, and it was done very well. But they kind of took the spirit of that storyline, the Flashpoint Paradox storyline, and the movie was roughly based on that in general. So Mm -hmm. I'll say that was really good. Um, The audience was very um, engaged. All of us that were there were comic book fans. We were... Fans of the characters, as a matter of fact, there's one guy dressed up in a Flash costume at the movie. Wow. Uh, yeah, they, it, there were some big-time fans there. Our
0: spoiler review, I might pull out a, uh, the my Flash costume. Your
1: Flash costume is probably, it, it, I think it's mint at this point in yeah. time. It's, it's, I'm
0: definitely going to wear it the next episode okay. then.
1: Um, but what I'll say is that there were reactions by the audience at the appropriate time. So your
0: general impression of the movie is it was good.
1: I will say that it was very entertaining, and I enjoyed watching the movie very much. Well, the
0: fact that you said that you would come watch it with me on Thursday night, again, speaks volumes.
1: Yes. And that, you know, Taitama obviously hasn't seen it. We're talking about I'm out of town this weekend, but I'm like, hey, I can go see it Thursday night if you want. He's like, oh. You would go see it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've already seen it, but I'd see it again. So the fact that I would see it again yeah. tells you enough. Yeah. Tells you that I enjoyed it enough that I would see it again. Good. Um All right. Well I'll reserve the last couple of comments I want to have around a non-spoiler review until the way that we want to frame this for the audience is we felt that one of the best ways to do this is to have a person that hasn't seen the movie ask somebody that has seen the movie some questions that aren't going to spoil it for them, but yeah. things they want to know about the movie.
0: Yeah, okay. absolutely. And, and I kind of dug into, you know, as a fan, what would fans want to know about this movie before they go see it? Right. Uh, what are Perfect. some aspects of this movie that are non-spoilers that I could ask that would enhance their uh, experience going to the, the flex? Cause it's, it's an anticipated movie. Right. Uh, one you just answered, which was your uh, general impressions of the movie. That yeah. was my first question. Um, are there any cameos? And without spoiling it, were there any cameos? Not the ones that so, we know. Here's the ones we
1: know from the trailer, right? We know Michael Keaton and his version or a version of Batman that he plays is in the movie. We know that. We know Ben Affleck is in the movie.
0: They're all in the trailer. So we're not spoiling. These are anything. things that are from the trailer. That's we know that
1: he's in the movie because he's in the trailer. We've seen him in the trailer. We know, uh, Sasha Calais plays Supergirl. She's in the trailer. I mean, yeah. we're, there's no like surprise about the character she yeah. plays and why she's in the movie. Michael Keaton. We, we mentioned that. Yes. Um, are there cameos other than that? Let me count one. Uh, I'm going to count the other cameos. One, two, three. Holy shit there's there's some big ones one hold on I'm, i got to count these one two three four five six seven there are seven holy that i can shit. count off the top of my head at seven other cameos in the movie other than the ones we know from the trailer holy cow um some of them no don't get into it. No, I won't get into any of them. I said some of them are um, big. Of course they are. I'll, I'll say I'll, they're unexpected. They're in s- situations that are strange. You know, you just kind of got to watch it. But that some of the cameos were some of the biggest reactions the audience had. Wow. Um, In, in watching the movie were... Just the cameos themselves. Awesome. Yeah. Um,
0: wow, that's great. Yeah.
1: And, and and a lot, I'll say a lot of them were very unexpected. So those, those were great.
0: Um, Another question is, and you kind of touched on this a little bit uh, without revealing any specific details. Did the movie effectively incorporate elements from the Flash comics, specifically Flashpoint? Absolutely. So I, as I mentioned, this drew 100% from the
1: Flashpoint Paradox comic book run. Um, my advice to anybody going to this movie, did it strictly follow that script or did it deviate a little bit? I'll say the plot was similar, but they did deviate creatively Mm -hmm. in that. Generally the plot was very, extremely similar in a lot of ways. Like I could tell you so many, and we'll talk about this next week when we do our full spoiler review, I'll tell you specifically how they followed this flashpoint paradox um, storyline, and then we, we can talk about the ways that they deviated. I like that. Um, so yes, one hundred percent, it was a a direct correlation from and and I thought they did a very good job of picking and choosing what parts of that they wanted to follow and what parts they didn't.
0: So yeah, coming from a comic book enthused, that's that's a good that's a good sign. Um, what did you think about the visual effects and action sequences in the film, specifically the CGI? How was it? Wow. that's I'm, I'm going to tell you, Titanium, it's an incredibly
1: leading question and a great question. Of course. And Titanium. this movie was incredibly dependent on CGI. Probably the most CGI heavy movie I've seen in recent history history yes endgame other than avatar wow which is like 100 cgi yeah obviously um of any comic book movie ever there's probably more the more use of cgi in this movie especially during the action sequences than any other movie i've ever seen and from a comic book's perspective they depended on cgi more than they did um Wire work and uh green screen, and a bunch of other things that you typically would normally do. They did a lot of CGI. Wow, I'll say in some places the CGI was good, yeah, in some places it was really bad. Wow, really, and obviously really bad. Wow, like wow, that's like Modoc, way too much, like way too much (laughs) CGI, and not done well CGI. Mm. So, That's why I said it's a great question, because that would be one of my criticisms of the movie is how much they depended on CGI and how bad it was at times.
0: Well, how can it be bad? This movie was supposed to come out in 2021. It was delayed literally two years. Well, and
1: there have been some changes. There have been some Mm. adaptations and there have been, you know, James Gunn. Look, this movie was in the can. Yeah. When James Gunn took over. Yeah. It was done. Yeah. And he probably had a little bit of influence on a maybe couple, couple of minor edits to some of the endings and maybe the end of it. But um, um, yeah, so this this movie's been done. So yeah, but that, that would be one of my criticisms of the movie was that the CGI was overused at times and not well done at times and very obvious at times. I think some of the best use of CGI is when it's not obvious And in this movie, there were like obvious points where it was CGI and it was not really well done. Mm. And uh, the Modoc situation is like, was it as bad as Modoc? I'd say, yeah, at times even worse. Okay. So, and and, there's a big con. And you know what? Here, here's a great thing about somebody going to see this movie. Does that spoil the movie for you? No. No. But when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, now I know what Professor was talking about. I got you. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Um how did this movie compare to other DC superhero films in terms of storytelling, character development? Uh was it better than, you know, I don't know, uh Wonder Woman 85 84 84? was it better than that? Like I, I hate to put you on the spot, but how did it rank and I and I know Man of Steel is your absolute favorite DC film. It didn't trump no, that. Did well,
1: it? well, again, I I think we have to separate DC films, quote, unquote, the the DC films We have to separate into different, you know, eras, right? You had, you know, the Richard Donner Superman, you know, with Christopher Reeve. I I mean, that was the OG, the kind of, and and that's in its own category. And I won't compare those movies to anything because that's back when you and I were kids, back in the 80s, you know, it's like. I can't compare that to anything. I get it. Right? Yeah. Then we had the Tim Burton version of Batman. Yeah. Which was itself contained. Didn't connect to anything. Was was wonderful in its own way.
0: Then the Christopher Nolan run.
1: Well, no. Even beyond Tim Burton, we kind of had the the other Batman. The George Clooney slash Val Kimmler Batman after Tim Burton. That was kind of like, eh, should we
0: really be going forward with this? I'd put that in the Tim Burton,
1: right, and then we had Christopher era. Nolan Batman, and then we had, well, I'll call the Snyderverse, right, which is what we've had the last several years. Mm-hmm. So, if I take Christopher Nolan before and just separate it, correct, 100%, because
0: the characters in this new Flash movie are, I well, the Flash himself, sort of. the Flash himself is from the Snyderverse, Snyderverse, yeah,
1: uh, with the the. Direct exception of the Tim Burton version of Batman that Michael Keaton plays in this movie, who is part of this movie. Yeah. Um, I will say, of all of those movies, from Snyder, from uh, Man of Steel on, mm-hmm. right, which is what we've, we're talking about, this is probably my second favorite or third favorite movie. Wow. I would put Man of Steel original wonder woman and then this movie and then maybe aquaman original aquaman version and this and the original aquaman are kind of like probably right very similar interesting but yeah i think the original wonder woman movie that which was fantastic and the original man of steel which was fantastic those are my top two and then i would go flash and aquaman or aquaman and flash they're very similar as far as how much i enjoyed them and how much i liked them wow
0: yeah that's strong
1: yeah oh better than batman v superman, better than justice league, better than wonder woman 84, better than yes. So of all those other ones, absolutely.
0: In your opinion without giving any spoilers obviously, um how did this movie portray the flash universe, i.e. the multiverse?
1: <laughs> that uh, gosh, titanium we, we all wonder how why he's so good at his job. And hes he just is. He's just really good. At his, I mean, the, the question is perfect.
0: Yeah, because, a, as you know, right now, we're in an era where the multiverse is, plays such a huge part of all of our comic book favorite movies. Marvel, uh, Spider-Verse, uh, I mean, all of these so, are... I are, mean,
1: let, so hang on. Let's, let's li- literally quantify this. And I'll even go back even further. So the Flash TV show... In the Arrowverse, like so Arrow, Flash, um, uh, that Batgirl, that, the whole uh-huh. Legends of Tomorrow, the whole Arrowverse dealt with Crisis on Infinite Earth yeah. as a mid-season kind of storyline. They've talked about the multiverse oh, in course. regard. So they they did this first.
0: All of them flirted with it. Absolutely. So they did this
1: first, but the comics have done this many times over. So we're not saying that... I'm sorry, from a comic book media perspective, the Arrowverse did it first, and then Marvel kind of dabbled in it a little bit, and this, you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse dabbled in it in a little bit. Now DC's dabbling in it. So here's what I'll say is, the multiverse and multiple universes concept is huge in this movie. Huge. As... Yeah. As Donald Trump would say, huge. We're talking huge. <laughs> it's huge in this movie. This yeah. the multiverse concept and the concept that there are multiple universes and multiple versions of an individual is. And as a matter of fact, this is probably one of the better explanations of a multiverse and the effects that time travel has on a multiverse mm-hmm. that I've ever seen done in a movie. Interesting. Uh, the explanation that the characters. They're better than Loki. Um, yeah. Oh, in that. I don't want to give away too much here because it explains why things are different in the past and the future. If you go to a different intersection of a universe and they does it do a good job of explaining, they explain it perfectly. Wow. And that's what I'm saying. That's one of the best explanations I've seen in a movie. Um, Again, I I, I do want to talk about this at length in our full review because if I say something now, it'll give it away in the movie. But the explanation is extremely well done. And it gives a lot of explanation behind the way the characters are experiencing things in the movie. But great question. And I think the multiverse is a huge factor in this movie. Absolutely.
0: And they did a good job explaining it.
1: I think they did one of the better jobs I've seen. My
0: follow-up question to that is, did the movie make any... Uh, interesting connections or contributions to the broader DC extended universe. (laughs)
1: Uh, So what, gosh, this this is a question. What
0: what I'm saying basically is, is it, will will this be a launching pad moving forward? And did it stay true to the launching pad moving forward?
1: Um, So this is a question I've been anticipating and one that I've been um, challenging myself on how to answer. Okay. Um, we, you and I it could
0: be a yes or no answer if you but like. You and
1: I and Super Talk Podcast have been surmising that this flashpoint movie, the flash movie, could be a intersection between the Snyderverse and what has come before. To the DC universe and what um, James Gunn has planned going forward. Mm-hmm. It could be the intersection. It could be the launching point. It could be the reason why things change.
0: The restart button.
1: Right. The reset that we've always said. Correct. This could be hit the reset button. Use this movie to do it. Um, what I'll say is this movie not only did not answer that question, but it added more confusion to the future of th- what's happening. Huh. Um I would call this movie very much a Snyderverse movie, Snyderverse universe swan song. Okay. I would call it a Snyderverse movie. It was filmed in the Snyderverse. It was very much a Snyderverse movie with Snyderverse characters, with some minor exceptions as that we know about. Um, And at some point in time, we figured, hey. You get to where the end of the Snyderverse is, and now we get this new launching point for the DCU. Can this movie be the launching point? Not only did it not answer where we're going from here going forward, but it created way more confusion. Oh. So to answer your question um, without spoiling anything, no. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, can you discuss any standout performances?
1: Uh, yeah, Michael Keaton killed it. Yes, one hundred percent. Fuck yes, I'll say that's my boy. The biggest cheers that uh, we had in the movie theater in which I saw the movie were for Michael Keaton for anything he did to bring nostalgia to his uh, previous versions of Batman yes. to anything that he did in previous movies. The biggest cheers were for Michael Keaton. He was fantastic. I mean, he was he was the nineteen eighty nine version of Batman in this movie. You know, right? Uh, Twenty four years wow. later, That's so he awesome. was awesome. Um, or thirty four years later, holy shit, it's been that long time. It, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was awesome. So Michael Keaton was standout. Um, Sasha Calais, I thought was a really good version of Supergirl. She was great. I'll say her role in the movie was somewhat diminished, but she was really good in her role. I thought she did fantastic. Um,
0: Ezra Miller. Okay. I know how you feel about him. So
1: i and that's why I prefaced everything that I said when I first started this non-spoiler review with how much I love this character. and And titanium I've had this conversation many times um I've never been a fan of uh Ezra Miller and his portrayal of this character never I have never said oh my god he's crushed it he's been a great flash he's the perfect person to play this character as a matter of fact he's been like not that and then his off off camera antics have only made me not like him any more than that right yeah And he's, from my perspective, he's destroying the character that I love so much. You know, like, I just love this character so much. So, that being said, did this movie do anything to make me like him as the Flash more or change my opinion of him as Flash? No. If anything, it made me like him less. Wow. And I don't want to go into the reasons why until we get into our spoiler review until you see the movie. But yeah, I, I'm not an Ezra Miller fan. And if he never plays this character ever again, I I would be thankful.
0: (laughs) Well, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, You know, we talked a little bit about uh, Thor and how funny and silly Thor love and thunder was and how they went away from that. Um, How did the movie balance humor and drama, particularly regards to the flash Flash's personality? Was it too silly? Was it too much humor or was it a great balance of humor and drama?
1: I will say there are times where the humor was really done well and well-received, and there were times where it was incredibly annoying. Like, I wanted to hit the stop button. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about too much because I don't want to give away too much, but there were parts of the movie where it was done well. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see a little bit of how they've tried to treat the Flash and Ezra Miller's version of the Flash as kind of the comedic version of the Justice League, right? Kind of the the less serious person that's in it. Like, if you look at all the other characters that were in Zack Snyder's Justice League,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Batman, brooding and, like, dark. Yeah. And Wonder Woman, incredibly serious. And Aquaman, a little bit more comedic. But, you know, he, he's, like, more on the comedic side. Cyborg, not a funny bone in his body. Right. right. And then The Flash was like the funny guy. Yeah,
0: he was the comic relief. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, they did some of that. And Percy I enjoyed King. that part of it. There were other parts of the comedy that they tried to inject in that literally became so annoying. I was just like... A little cringy? Please stop. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: would you recommend The Flash movie to both fans and non-fans? And why?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think... And that's that's the, the part... The hard part of... You and I seeing a movie like this is we look at it with these comic book fan goggles on. Correct. And we're always going to be scrutinizing it and that like, okay, this is my favorite DC character. Let me look at it with that. Yeah. Those goggles on. And, you know, are they are they doing justice by this character? Is this a great DC movie? Is this how does this fit into the larger DCU? And what is James gonna be doing with right. these characters? And you and I look at it with that lens. A general movie fan, should they go see this movie? Yes. They will be really entertained by it. And I think that that's some of the feedback that we've gotten, early feedback we've gotten from critics, maybe some of the feedback. And again, <laughs> James Gunn comes out and says, it's the greatest superhero one movie of. I've He's, ever he seen. He did say
0: one of, but yeah. Okay. he, he did Is it blast one
1: it. of the greatest superhero movies I've ever seen? Um, uh, how long is the list of greatest superhero? Movies? You know, it's like yeah. yes. Uh, I guess I guess I could officially say that, but it's not that great. But a comic, I'll say a comic book movie fan should see this movie because it is entertaining and it is watchable and it is likable. I think you'll come away from this movie thinking, "Well, what's next?" And that's the hard part. The hard part is, and we've talked about this at length, Titanium, is that one of the greatest things about these comic book movies, especially what Marvel's done, is it always leads into the next one. It always gives us hope for what's happening next. It always says, where where can we go from here? This movie did not answer those questions, and it was just like, uh, yeah. okay, now what?
0: Kind of a standalone.
1: If you told me that there was never going to be anything to ever to do, these, all these actors and all these characters were never going to be in any other movie ever again, and they were only going to be in this movie, mm-hmm. you would probably enjoy it. But the fact that you don't know any answers to that question makes you feel like, uh, is it really that good? Yeah. So that's the hard part.
0: I got it. Well, that's, that pretty much sums up uh, everything. The, my last question is your overall thoughts of the Flash movie. Uh, <laughs> and um, a personal question, do you see Ezra Miller, in your opinion, do you see, without getting into the movie, forget the movie, do you see Ezra Miller continuing as the Flash and your final thoughts on the movie?
1: Um, in, in regards to Ezra Miller's future as the character, God, I hope not, is my first statement. I hope not. I think this movie, from my perspective, if anything, what it told me is everything and anything that had to do with the DC Universe and Zack Snyder's version of the DC Universe will never move forward. Got it. Mm -hmm. That's what this movie told me. Is that because we've had questions like, we know Ben Affleck's done. We know zachary levi's done we we know that we know uh henry cavill's done we know that's not happening gal gadot we're not sure about gal gadot we're not sure about um ezra miller we're not sure about um jason momoa we just don't know what he's going to do with those three characters if you were to ask me right now what's going to happen to everybody after this movie i'd say they're all done it's finished they're putting a postage stamp on the Zack Snyder universe. Moving on. And moving forward. And and they're just, it's over. They just didn't want to say it before the movie came out. And James Gunn just didn't want to like shoot his own movie in the foot and that kind of thing. That that would be my perspective.
0: Um, well, they can't say anything about Jason Momoa. He apparently has a movie coming out later right, this year. exactly. That no one's even talking about. Which was about. supposed to
1: come out before this
0: movie, by the yes. way. Yes, yes. Which people forget. Yeah.
1: Um. So what I'll say is, I hope Ezra Miller's not back. Um, there is, what I'll say is there is one post. Well, okay.
0: How many post-credit scenes are there?
1: Yes. You forgot to add that to your list of questions.
0: I just asked it.
1: (laughs) There was one post-credit scene in the screening. Does that mean it's the post-credit scene that's going to be in the major theatrical release? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. What was in the screening is what I saw. And there was one. And what I will say is. It was, from my perspective, comedic relief. It was not like a big plot continuer. Not it, like it wasn't big, like
0: Nick Fury coming into a bar asking about the Avengers Initiative. Right. It Got wasn't
1: it. a big like oh my god what's going to happen next. It was a very comedic relief post credit scene, and did nothing to answer any questions about the future of the. Do DCU. you think we'll
0: get different post credit scenes? Or hoping if we, get we to pull- do
1: that tells me a lot about where they're going with the direction of the DC universe. If we don't, it tells me exactly what I just said. This, this movie is like a postage stamp on the Zack Snyder era of movies.
0: Again, professor, uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much for your insight. And, uh, Thank you for keeping it spoiler free. I'm actually looking forward to this movie now. After everything you said.
1: Here's, here's what's exciting to me, Titanium. I'm actually almost more looking forward to watching it with you now that I've seen it than I would had I not seen it already. Because the reactions that I hope you have, I want to see from you as we're watching the movie. And I want you to get the same reactions I had. And I it, it, that excites me. So, Got yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, let's ring the bell, Professor. Great. Great show. All right. Well, that's
1: it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. Until then, uh, get in touch with us on social media via email at at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. <laughs>